Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, February 28th. I'm your host, Terry Arangi. Here is my guest, Nancy Ospa-Jackson, an Emmy Award-winning television producer and executive director of ACT Today, and Laura Marroquin, director of programs and development for ACT Today. ACT Today is a national nonprofit organization whose mission is to raise awareness and provide treatment services and support to families to help their children with autism achieve their full potential. Nancy and Laura will let us know what programs are provided and how this can help you and your child. But first, we'll hear how they help their children move forward on the road towards recovery. Welcome, Nancy and Laura. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having us on. You're quite welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, Nancy, let's start with your journey with Wyatt. How did it begin? Oh, wow, Terry, that is such a long story, and I'll try and uh, kind of do it in a nutshell. Wyatt was starting to show some issues um, around probably 18 months to two years old, and I, like so many other parents out there, uh, were, I was given the wrong information. He could have been diagnosed at two. Uh, he had all the signs in all three areas, repetitive behavior, social impairment, and language impairment. However, my pediatrician um, said, you know, he's a boy. He could be a late talker. I said, well, you know, he started talking and he stopped. Then the tantrum started. And, Terry, I grew up with a brother with Down syndrome. And that was not an easy experience, and I saw the real distress it had, um, you know, the negative effect on my mother, and I think I was in a bit of denial. So when my pediatrician said, oh, he's just a late talker, I did not continue to search for answers, I have to admit it, even when I knew that there were really big problems, why it was tantruming seven, eight, nine, ten times a day uh, around the age of two and a half. Then finally, when he was three, my next-door neighbor uh, who is the wife of a prominent burn doctor, said, Nancy, I think he has signs of autism. And I was angry. But I called my pediatrician, and he, at his three-year checkup, he said he's at least a year delayed. Then the wild goose chased to get a proper diagnosis. He was improperly diagnosed with PDD NOS. And finally, at four, I went to a Dan conference. I heard Dr. Dorian Grampichet and Andrew Levinson, a biomedical doctor. Suddenly, light bulbs went off. I had hope. And I knew that this disorder was treatable, why it was continually getting worse. And so um, I started biomedical treatments. I, start, I got him ABA. He was almost five when we got it. And since then, remarkable progress. I believe he'd be recovered by now had he gotten it at two. Uh, but because of my experiences with my son, I felt called to help other families because I thought if it's this difficult for me, a former television producer with connections, What's it like for the single mom with no resources, with multiple children on the spectrum? And I know the answer to that. It's hell. So that's why we do what we do. And Laura has a very different experience, but that's sort of mine in a nutshell, Terry. Okay, great. Thank you. Let's take a step back a little bit. You talked about 
going to what was formerly known as the Defeat Autism Now conferences, now the ARI conferences, and light bulbs going off and having hope and getting biomedical uh, treatment, which was helpful. So when you're talking about the biomedical treatment, how does that relate? What do you, Nancy, think that autism really is? I believe it is a total body uh, disorder that it affects the, that it really is not just in the brain. It's the whole body affecting the brain. And I believe it is neuroimmune. I think that there is an inflammatory process going on, and I believe it's triggered by toxins. Uh, I believe that as dis- as uh, mysterious as the disorder is with so many different complexities, so is the cause. And it's epigenic in nature, which you could probably define better than me, Terry. What would you say epigenetics? Epigenetic is that the word? Mm-hmm. Um, can you? What is the definition of that? Well, that speaks to how your environment and things like diet can affect your genes so that they express themselves differently, so that you see different things. Right. So. That is what I believe autism is, and in fact, as you know, Terry, the leading scientist, and we're not talking quacks, <laughs> we're talking Harvard, uh, head of pediatrics, you know, we're, we're talking incredibly brilliant doctors and scientists believe this as well, and we know environment plays more of a role. Now, with my own son, I look back, he was adopted at birth, Terry, he had, um, now when I look at the birth mother, no prenatal vitamins, very little prenatal care. She did work as a, uh, she worked cleaning houses during her pregnancy. Um, there were, she was not a drug user. Her, both of her parents, her father died of a heroin overdose. Her mother was a crystal meth addict. Could there have been some uh, toxic, um, you know, something that followed through into his system? Possibly. Uh, but, a lot of factors, and then I have to say that with my son, when he had a very heavy dosage of vaccines on his, at 13 months, he had an extremely high fever. That included in his MMR. He had an extremely high fever, 105, and after that was when he gradually started to go away. So in my opinion, um, that was sort of the nail in the coffin, so to speak, and I do believe vaccines play a role with our children, and that's actually proven in the vaccine injury courts. We know that with children with immune system disorders, and my son had a hyperactive immune system, that vaccines can play a role. So I think that's part of the picture along with many other uh, toxins that are there, you know, what we're doing to our environment, uh, hormones, uh, radiation. I think there's a lot of things at play here, but... Um, it's simply, you know, we've come such a long way from refrigerator mother syndrome when it was believed to be a psychological disorder. We know that that's simply not the case. Well, Nancy, you've brought up a lot of food for thought here, a lot of points that we could go into. You've spoken to transgenerational aspects, and we do know that these things can be transgenerational, that the toxins to which um, our moms or our grandmothers uh, were exposed can have a bearing on future generations because those things are going to affect their gene expression and that those things can linger. So I think we need to be careful when we talk about epigenetics versus just simply blaming genetics because just because you have um, something that the doctors think is related to something your mom or your grandmother or your dad had, it doesn't mean that's a purely genetic condition. That's still epigenetic because what were they exposed to? Now, you know, one of my favorite stories to share with listeners is how a former colleague of mine who had a child with autism talked about how her husband's mom, you know, uh, was an alcoholic, gave birth to six kids. None of them, you know, had autism. So I think this and our moms, you know, they were using you know, mercurochrome and drinking martinis with amalgams while they were smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Well, some of our moms anyway. But (laughs) then there's something called a tipping point. And with the more recent generations of children being deluged with these toxins through vaccines, you know, do you think maybe that's a tipping point? Yes, I do. I think um, that like I liken it to like a bucket filling up with water and you have these toxins, these 
um, genetic tendencies, uh, toxins that maybe are um, headed down through the birth mother or the grandparents. Then you have other toxins that are environmental that come into play. And then at some point, that bucket flows over, okay, into autism. That's, that's how I see it. That's sort of a metaphor. Um, so I do believe that there are tipping points. Right. And when we have these predispositions, it doesn't mean that that's destiny. It doesn't mean that they're going to express themselves. It, it, you know, but if you're exposed to more toxins, then there is a greater likelihood of that. So you also mentioned Dr. Doreen Grampichet and getting why it helped that way. You used applied behavior analysis through the Center for Autism and Related Disorders in Southern California. What happened with that? That's when everything really started to change because his behaviors, uh, because they were allowed to really, there was about three years where his behaviors were unchecked. Um, and some of these behaviors became more and more ingrained, the tantruming, the uh, resistance to things, the uh, lack of ability to change and transition easy. Um, so because he was used to certain behaviors, it was a little bit difficult in the beginning, but over time we have made enormous progress with applied behavioral analysis. I'm a huge, huge believer, and obviously all the research supports that. And Dr. Doreen Grampiche is actually the founder of ACT Today. So um, she is doing great work with children all over the country. They're the largest provider of ABA in the world and also started ACT Today to help other children with all kinds of treatments, not just ABA. Um, I am a firm believer in it. I say the minute you get your child a diagnosis, if you can get as much ABA as possible, you know, the recommendation is 40 hours a week uh, in the beginning when children are uh, very young because this early intensive intervention can uh, benefit all children and recover many. Well, I think this would be a good time before we go to break to let our listeners know what the websites are, and they can look them up while we're on a brief break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The website for CARD, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, is www.centerforautism.com, and the website for ACT Today is www.act-today.org. We'll be right back here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Nancy Ospod-Jackson and Laura Maraquin. Thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Nancy Ospod-Jackson and Laura Maraquin from ACT Today. We've been talking with Nancy. We'll be talking with Laura shortly about how she recovered her son, Justin. Before the break, Nancy, 
you were talking about doing ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, and also doing biomedical interventions. What's the balance between those two? Well, I believe children are very individual. Um, I think that there are different responders to different treatment, and that certainly was the case with Wyatt, with my son. I have to say that within weeks of starting uh, the GFCF diet, gluten-free, casein-free diet, he started speaking again in going from one-word utterances to uh, three- and four-word sentences. So we had remarkable progress with that. Um, and I tested, I've tested over the years um, his continuing uh, response to that. And if I give my son, if he were to have a glass of whole milk, he would be uh, back in that very spacey, hyperactive um, place and uh, much more prone to tantrums. There have been times when he's had some pretty bad diet transgressions, being at Sunday school and various other places where we see regression when he goes off the diet. So um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that for many, many children. I think it can be extremely helpful. It's one of the first things I tell parents to try on the biomedical front. Um, early on, we did a lot of vitamin therapies, which I think were beneficial, fish oils, B vitamins, uh, we did do some detoxification. We did chelation, uh, which I believe was helpful because Wyatt did have some high levels of metals in his system uh, that we tested him for, and he dumped quite a few of those during the... We did chelation for, for almost two years. Um, we also did hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and interestingly enough, we had paused with that, and Terry, you inspired me to go back at it. We had lunch not long ago, and we were discussing it, and uh, we're back doing hyperbaric, and I'm starting to see some um, good changes with Wyatt. So I believe that um, each child responds differently. Uh, once again, you have to trust your gut as a parent. That's very, very important. You have to document and uh, really record these changes so you can see for yourself. Uh, you have to have data, uh, which any parent can do. Just get a calendar. Don't initiate uh, a new protocol uh, until you've established a baseline for your other protocols. Um, and, you know, see how your child responds. And if you can, work with, um, you know, a, a professional in the field. Um, you know, you certainly don't need uh, a, a uh, ARI doctor or this new MAPS, uh, which I'm sure you're talking about on the show. Um which is a new way of accrediting pediatricians. But it's great if you, if you can work with a professional while doing some of these biomedical interventions. Uh, my son is a responder to them, and we will continue. Um, he's 10 now, and we're, we're still doing them. And he gets about 20 hours a week of ABA at this point at 10 years old. You were talking about data collection, Nancy. Did these biomedical therapies help Wyatt's progress with ABA in, in a measurable way where you could collect data and, and say, oh, we did this uh, biomedically, and here it helped him educationally and behaviorally. Yes. Um, we have our therapy team, um, his supervisor of his, of his therapist, there are three therapists, and um, they have been very active in helping us collect data. Uh, anytime we tried a new intervention, we would let them know so they could graph it and chart it with his behaviors. So, yes, we did. We, we uh, were very uh, conscientious about that, and we saw many improvements by uh, introducing um, various uh, protocols and like I said, particularly diet from my son. Um, if he goes off the GFCF, if he has too many, uh, too much sugar, too many food, uh, too much food with color, food colorings added, um, he does much better when he's eating a high protein, low carbohydrate GFCF diet without uh, additives. And we have seen uh, complete spikes in. Uh, behaviors such as tantrums and loss of language when he goes off any of that, uh, that protocol. Mm -hmm. And just to remind parents, if your pediatrician thinks you're full of flannel uh, <laughs> because you think that diet will help or does help your child, 
um, just offer them a you know a glass of vodka and uh, see if it goes from their gut to their head. That's Here's what, what I say, Gary. If your pediatrician doesn't support your efforts in trying to improve your child, maybe you've got the wrong pediatrician. I hate to say it, but you need support around you. You don't need some negative person who's telling you nothing matters. We know nutrition is connected to health. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to know that. And if your pediatrician hasn't been back to med school since, you know, they believed in refrigerator mother syndrome, he doesn't know the latest research on autism. They need to get educated. So find somebody who is. So talking about support and being positive, Nancy, what has your journey with Wyatt taught you about yourself, life, parents' needs, and how does this help you to help other families? It has been an amazing journey that I believe I have been chosen for. Uh, I don't think there are any accidents. I didn't choose this. It chose me. Uh, I actually speak about this, and I'll be appearing at the Autism One Conference in Chicago in May. Um, and I do a speech on your disability is your opportunity uh, for parents that talks about autism as a journey to empowerment and an expedition of the soul. And I give 10 steps for to empowerment that I have learned along the way because, Terry, I'm not the expert. Uh, I, don't, I don't claim to have it all figured out. I have a lot of issues in my life. Um, my son is not recovered. Uh, I have many other stresses in my life. I have a husband right now in chemotherapy, uh, a father in hospice. I have a lot of challenges. We all do. But as a parent uh, being chosen to parent a child with autism, I have learned that uh, we get to experience unconditional love for our children, which many parents never have to do. And there's so many things we can learn from this, uh, this challenge, and it can lead to a calling like it has for me to run an organization to help other families less fortunate because there are many of them that are less fortunate than I am. And one of the families with whom you've worked has been Laura Marroquin's family who has a great story of hope about recovering her son, Justin. Laura, when was Justin born? So Justin is currently nine years old, so he was born in December of 2002, and he was, um, you know, we talked about uh, tipping points and all these things that might add up to um, a diagnosis of autism, and in Justin's case, he was um, an IVF baby, and he has a twin sister named Jessica, um, and they were born at 31 weeks, and so he was very um, premature. He was in the NICU for um, six weeks and had a lot of um, breathing issues while he was in the NICU and um, came out just really uh, weak and depleted. And, um, and we see as we kind of go along in his journey, we see how that might have uh, put him to his tipping point. So talk to us about his neonatal history, early medications, your infections, vaccinations. Oh, yes. He had them all. Um, so as a preemie, he came out of the hospital and was on that apnea monitor for about five months and um, was also given, as a preemie, the um, protection against RSV. So he had three rounds of um, the Synagis, which is given to preemie babies. And um, so, very, you know, vaccinated with that and then continued on with the regular vaccination schedule. Um, it was adjusted just a little bit based on his um, prematurity. But when I look at it in retrospect, I see that, a, you know, a normal um, seven, seven-month-old baby that would normally weigh, you know, 12 to 15 pounds, Justin weighed eight pounds. And so that what might have been um, it was just a, it was a different dosage because he was smaller and he was probably weaker at that point as well. And then Justin had um, nine ear infections. After he turned six months old, he had chronic ear infections. And so after um, being put on antibiotic, after antibiotic, we did put ear tubes in um, to Justin at age uh, 15 months. Did the ear infections have anything to do with the vaccinations? Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. We, we see that he was, um, I, I just think that his immune system was weaker. And so I know that when you give, uh, 
vaccinations when your immune system is not at its peak performance, that could affect him. Meanwhile, how is Jessica doing? Jessica came out fine. I mean, she was literally two pounds, one ounce when she was born. And she has um, been a fighter ever since she was in uh, in the womb and continues to be a, uh, a big soccer player and just a very feisty little girl, but very typically developing. So when was it that you could tell something wasn't on track developmentally with Justin? Justin, we were able to to compare him very easily to his twin sister. And so we always, you know, for the first 15 months or so, we we would look at him as um, being a little bit slower, but they both were a little bit slower in their development, you know, sitting later, standing later, and walking later. Um, but then at about 20 months is when he really started his regression, and that's when the obsessive compulsiveness started to overtake his life. He was a... Um, a door guy, and so he would open and close doors continuously, and if you tried to break them of that, it would result in, you know, long and and awful tantrums um, that just depleted the entire family. Um, he also had no eye contact. He, his sister started taking off in her, his, her speech, yet Justin had a total of 15 words at age two and a half when he was diagnosed. So we, we saw something was wrong, brought it up to his pediatrician at the um, two-year visit, and she, she agreed based on his lack of speech. And so it, I have to say, you know, Nancy talked about a little bit of that not wanting to go to that awful place of, of thinking about the word autism. Um, I, I was in that for a few months, and so, uh, you know, just put off making that phone call to the regional center, as was recommended to me as, as a resident of California. Um, but once we we went through the process and they came back and and they, at the time they said you know what we think he's pretty deficient um, we want to recommend ten hours of therapy for him and I remember now I kind of laugh at now knowing what I know but I thought how in the heck am I going to manage getting my child in ten hours of therapy that is simply insane and so I said well thank you very much for this offer but I will take four. And um, we started off with four hours of therapy. And uh, quickly after I started getting myself educated, realized that uh, I needed to make sure I got as many hours as possible. And, and by the time he was three years old, Justin had 25 hours of ABA therapy and five hours of speech therapy. Well, good for you. Okay, very good. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking more with Laura Marroquin, Director of Programs and Development for ACT Today, about Justin's biomedical journey. We'll be right back here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsors, Oxy Health and Superberries. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. 
Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back talking with Laura Marquin, Director of Programs and Development for ACT Today. And before the break, we were talking about how you got started with therapy for Justin Lara. So what about biomedical intervention? What helped first, helped most, what did they do, and what was the rationale for trying those things? Oh, thanks, Terry. Uh, you know, I have to say before I talk about biomedical, I want you to know that this was where um, we I was first introduced in this journey to the concept of angels. To me, I had some people that gave me hope really early on in Justin's diagnosis. And one of those people called me, somebody I did not know, and she said, I want you to know that there is hope and that recovery from autism is possible. And this was just weeks prior to Justin's diagnosis, his official diagnosis. We had started with some therapy. And in that phone call, she introduced me to biomedical treatments, and she talked to me about the diet and what um, what all the amazing things that can happen as a result of treating the whole body instead of just the brain. And so um, we began the biomedical part of Justin's journey um, just as he was turning two and a half, and we were very fortunate to get in with Dr. Cartsonell um, within a matter of a couple weeks. And so we started off, Justin, on a GFCF diet and then quickly added, um, took out soy, potatoes, sugar, and um, corn from his diet. And we saw immediate results for him because he had had chronic diarrhea leading up to, um, I'd say, six months prior. He, his bowels just got um, more and more destroyed. And so within um, a couple weeks of taking him off of um, these, these things in his diet, we saw um, improvement. And once we added the, um, the enzymes to the diet, his bowels were, um, he had normal stools, which was, really um, a blessing, as any mom knows, that that can just tear a kid up. And, um, and so to see that immediate and dramatic result was really gave us hope that, the, that biomedical interventions could really help our son. And then after we, we did that, we, um, we started off on um, supplements. Like Nancy said, those are always really important, especially as you're taking things out of their diet. You want to make sure that, that they get those um, supplements that they need. Um, and then we started um, methyl B12 shots. And that was, um, we were giving those to Justin um, every three days, and the, the result of those was very dramatic in terms of his speech. He went from um, about 20 words to 300 words in a matter of um, three months. It was, it was quite amazing. And so we, were, we, we realized, again, that we needed to continue on this journey, not just educationally, but biomedically. Wow, that's a great uh, testimonial for methylcobalamin, uh, to which many children respond well. So when people are uh, coming to hear Nancy Oswald-Jackson at the Autism One Generation Rescue 2012 conference, uh, they should stop in and hear Dr. Newbrander as well. I, he would love to hear that, Laura. <laughs> great, great. Okay, so you used special diet, antifungal supplementation, and methylcobalamin, methyl B12 shots, Um which um, there's a certain way to do those, right? So please uh, make sure to consult with your health care professional or Dr. Newbrander's website. And uh, just to remind listeners, before beginning or changing any protocol significantly, please do check with the physician who oversees your child's overall health. So how old was Justin at this point, and what was the next step that needed to be on your radar and, and all parents' radar? Well, Justin was turning about four at this point, and we decided we needed to see if he had um, needed to be detoxified. And so we did um, do some labs and saw that he definitely had um, some toxins, and so we started chelation. We did chelation for eight months. We did two different um, protocols. We did the transdermal DMSA um, for a while, and we definitely were able to pull out um, toxins from that. And so... Then we decided to switch to oral EDTA, and that um, we realized was not a good thing for Justin. That was um, he was got aggressive, very irritable, 
And when we did labs after um, trying this protocol, we did not pull out anything significant. And so we decided at that point that that was it for us on, on chelation. But we felt like um, each time we, we did a test, we pulled out more, and then um, at a point, it stopped, it stopped being as effective. And so that's when we decided to stop on that. So you were being really observant and being a really, um, really an expert on your child as parents are, and engaging in a really good parent-physician partnership. Definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's critical to have that great um, rapport with your doctor and and to build that trust and um, just to feel, you know, do no do no harm is always. Um, I know Dr. Carpsonell's first first method of thought, and so we really uh, appreciated that. And he'll be at Autism One too, come to think of it. And he has a practice in Irvine, California. So what about the school system? Did you have to struggle with the school system? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, you know, just as um, Nancy talked about the, the two-pronged system of ABA and um, biomedical, we definitely, you know, took that method as well. And so we, we really um, prepared ourselves for um, the school district that we were in and, um, we, we, I'd have to say we were pretty aggressive. We, we had an attorney at our very first, um, IEP and, um, we ended up battling twice, two, two pretty major lawsuits with the school district. Um, but in each case, I believe Justin's, um, education prevailed and he ended up over, over the course of three years had about 25 hours of ABA, and we were able to self-direct into his preschool setting so that he was able to bring that aid in to be a shadow for him, um, and then also that shadow would come home with us. So we had a really continual care for him, same provider on all, on all forms. And, and like Nancy, we went to the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, as I, I believed, and we weren't initially, um, you know, Regional Center did not initially put us with, with this um, this ABA provider. But as I got educated, I realized that data collection and um, good programming was essential. And um, in my research, I, I found and I still believe that Center for Autism and Related Disorders is the most comprehensive in what they do. And they have programs all over the world. And again, their website is www.centerforautism.com. So, when did Justin recover from autism? When did he lose his classification? He lost his classification on June 12, 2008, and he was five and a half years old. And um, it was a day that we I celebrate every year. And actually, we had a party for 90 people to celebrate his recovery because this was such a blessing for him, for his family, and for um, for those now. It, it's such a blessing that I'm able to now share my story and to share this hope because, as I said early on in this conversation, had I not known that recovery was possible and that there was hope out there, that wouldn't have been my goal. Mm-hmm. So it is so important for people to get out the good word. And you and Nancy are getting out the good word, and you were talking about doing ABA and hyperbaric oxygen and such, but there are parents who can't somehow uh, manage, whether it's because of economics or uh, geographic location, can't manage to get 25 to 40 hours of applied behavior analysis, can't manage to get the hyperbaric oxygen therapy or chelation or uh, as many supplements or whatever is most appropriate for their child according to their medical provider, and that's where you and Nancy come in with helping through ACT Today. So very briefly before we go to break, why don't you tell us how ACT Today started? Well, as I mentioned that Dr. Doreen Grandpache started ACT Today, and she started it with a group of parents uh, that were concerned. They were actually parents that were getting card services, and they realized that uh, because most of them had a hard time getting getting ABA for their child like we all do. It's very rare that you hear somebody that gets it right away. Uh, I had to wait for a year to get mine funded. My husband and I were paying privately, which at the time, by stretching, we were able to do. We could never have done that today. Um, so these parents um, got together and said, um, you know, we need to fund 
treatment, not just ABA and certainly not just through CARD because we give ABA therapy through a, a number of providers around the country, but we give a variety of therapies and it can be for medical testing and treatments, speech and occupational therapy, summer camp. We even provide fencing, Terry, for children who elope, uh, all kinds of safety equipment. So we do things far beyond ABA. So these parents decided to, to put this program together. I was lucky enough to, I heard about uh, ACT Today, and I put together a little backyard fundraiser, and it raised a lot of money. I had a lot of friends from television, Lisa Gibbons, Tom Bergeron, Jerry Pinnacoli, people that I had produced and worked with, come and host it. We raised a lot of money. Uh, Dr. Grandpache asked me to be on the board, and then uh, four years ago I became executive director, and Laura joined us. Um, how long has it been now, Laura? It's been just about three years. Three years. Uh, I heard about Laura, and she uh, came to us, said she wanted to help out with ACT Today, and she st- produced a great Mother's Day luncheon for us and then came on as our uh, director of development and now overseeing programs. And um, we have, we're close to, uh, prov- in the last four years, we're just under providing a million dollars worth of grants to families around the country. And last year was our most successful year ever in terms of the number of families we helped. Um, two, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, we started the first campaign and fund to help military families, autism care and treatment for military families, because military families are particularly devastated by this disorder, oftentimes having a family member deployed. There does tend to be a higher documented incidence in the military. We don't know why. One in 88 children, according to the Department of Defense. Uh, but, Terry, as you know, it's very difficult for our children to have change in their routines. The military families move on average of once every two years, and oftentimes a mother or father is deployed in active duty. So we are really coming behind these families uh, as one of our uh, focuses with our organization. And we have a lot of other programs that Laura heads up, uh, including assistive technology, which we were very successful last year. Laura, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, last year we, we really believe in the power of an iPad. And after receiving many, many hundreds of requests for iPads, we developed the um, assistive technology program, and we were very blessed by the um, merging of the Eddie Guardado Foundation, and um, they were the first ones to fund our iPad program, our, our technology program, and right off the bat, they funded 45 iPads for families um, in need. And last year, we ended up um, distributing 88 iPads to various families and, and hope to, to give out even more in 2012. Well, this is wonderful. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. I'm going to fill out a grant application um, while we're on break. I hope I can find that at www.act-today.org. We'll be right back with Nancy Oswald jackson and Laura Maraquin here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsors, Oxy Health and Superberries. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio, dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Nancy Altspot-Jackson, Executive Director of ACT Today, and Laura Maraquin, Director of Programs and Development, and their website is www.act-today.org. Well, before the break, we were talking about um, some wonderful things that ACT Today does, including giving grants, uh, including for iPads for assistive technology, and let us know about your events that are coming up. Oh, great, Terry. Well, we have a really big event coming up. It's called our Act Today for Military Families 5K, 10K, One Hope Family Festival. And this is an event on April 7th down in Mission Bay Park in San Diego. And this is our main event, fundraising event for our military campaign. But it's so much more than that, Terry, because last year was our first time having this event, and it was a day filled of inspiration, of military families supporting each other, of the community coming to support military military families. And it just so happens that April is not only Autism Awareness Month, but it is also the month of the military child. And so we are just looking for the community at large to support us with this event. And San Diego is a beautiful area for those of you who haven't been to it yet. And Laura, did you want to add to that? Well, it's just not only is it a great run, but the family festival, it has something for everybody. It, we have an egg hunt this year. We have celebrity autographs. We have a beer and wine tent and, um, you know, bounce houses and lots of games for the kids and a great band. And so it's just going to be a real celebration. So yeah, we have ABA therapists there to play with the kids while you drink beer and wine, parents. How good is <laughs> yeah. that? I'm going on the beer and wine hunt. No, wait, you didn't say that, did you? Uh, and I noticed also that you have something called the skills program. Mm-hmm. We, we do, Terry. We have... Um, we offer Skills, which is a web-based technology that um, it's, it's three parts, and it is a training module for um, therapists and for people that deliver therapy, ABA therapy. It is an assessment tool, so you can assess your child, and then it also has programming. And so based on the assessment, you are given specific program goals for your child. And so we are able to give out scholarships for this technology, and it's been really rewarding to see families um, dive into um, to the web, this web-based technology. And so we do encourage people to, as they um, go to our website and apply for grants, this is definitely a grant that you can apply for. And, Terry, along with the skills program, they get support of a live webcast every day with Shannon Penrod as the host, and she goes through uh, very helpful um, hints and directives that you that can work for you as you're doing this program at home. And every Wednesday we host a show at 11 o'clock. Uh, we're not up this week live, but next week we'll be back on. It's called Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, where we talk about the latest in autism news, ways you can make a difference, resources and ways to have fun, which we don't have enough of in the autism world. So uh, join us every Wednesday at 11 o'clock for Let's Talk Autism on the Skills Live website as well. I've watched that. It is a fun and informative program. So Laura and Nancy, what take-home messages would you like to leave listeners with today? Laura, you want to go first? Sure. I um you know, based on my story and the story of my son, I want people to know that there is hope. And, Terry, your show talks about that every week, and I so am appreciative to you for, for giving that message over and over. But there is hope. Early and intensive interventions um, are, are vital and um, that we need to accept the, um, the path that we've been put on and, um, as Nancy says, look at these disabilities as opportunities for our life's work. I think that really is a great summing up of everything, and I want to say that for all families, there is hope, Terry. If your child's no longer two years old, uh, but you have an older child, all of our children can improve with the proper treatment and care. 
and don't give up hope just because your child's not recovered. Everybody, run your own race because don't compare with anybody else and don't give up hope. That is the single most important thing you can have as a parent is the belief that your child can and will get better. It all starts there. Educate yourself, get support, and don't give up. Yep, hope is a great intervention. And talking about running your own race, don't forget to um, visit their race down in the San Diego area. And you said that was April 7th? Yes. Okay, great. And what's the website where people can look that up again? Well, they can go to our main website. There will be a tab for the race there, or they can go straight to the Act Today for Military Families. It's just spelled out, Act Today for Military Families, to um, sign up there. Well, Nancy and Laura, I'd like to thank you for bringing this hope to listeners via your own great work with your sons and through ACT today and for being with us here on the show today. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for the work you do with our special kids and families and giving them support and knowledge. It's so important. Quite welcome. Glad to help. And to our listeners, as a reminder, Nancy will be speaking at the Autism One Generation Rescue 2012 conference in Chicagoland. It's being held May 23rd through 27th, over five days, with over 130 speakers. The early bird discounts are still up at this time. Please visit www.autismone.org. Autism Science Digest, special April autism awareness issue, has over 150 information-packed pages. Please visit the Autism One store at www.autismone.org. Next week's guest is Dr. Devin Houston, returning for part two of our interview. Thank you to this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.